Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas. It's presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the voice of boxing, legendary trainer, Teddy Atlas. Teddy, how you doing? I'm good, Ken. It's good to see you. Um, what, what are you? You've been visiting, you're building the Chrysler building. That was a nice design, the Chrysler. Is that the Chrysler building behind you? Yes. Yeah, yep, you, yep. Mix, you mixed it up again. Um, yeah, back in the day. Yeah, it's it's nice to own the La Louvre, you know, <laughs> right? Next on next on the hit list, La Louvre, La Louvre, the <laughs> great museum of great art and um, great history. It's it's nice to be able to just open a door and there you are. It's like it's your, <laughs> it's your living room. It's beautiful. We're happy for you. Thank you, Teddy. Hey, we've got a lot of action to discuss from this weekend. Uh, I'm sure that you're excited to get after it. We're going to touch on the UFC at the end of this episode, but first, obviously, we're going to jump right into the uh, the uh, meat of the subject, the meat of the weekend, and that was the Loma Lopez fight uh, on ESPN, free ESPN. And before we get to the main event, I know there's a couple things you just wanted to touch on with the co-main and Saucedo versus uh, Barboza. So I'll turn it over to you. What'd you see there in terms of the uh, action and the scoring? I, I just, it bothered me that you want to call it shilling, you want to call it blinders, you want to call it blinkers, you want to call it just taking care of your own I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But I look at myself with this position in the same way I did for 25 years at ESPN, that I have a platform to not only get, you know, my voice out there and to get a paycheck, but, you know, at ESPN, I could just clock in and clock out. But like some people, too, I decided, no, I'm going to use the platform to to make sure that somebody writes the ship when the ship needs to be righted. Somebody says something, because we don't have a national commission of boxing. So it takes somebody's voice, whether it makes a difference or not, to attempt to make a difference, to right the wrongs. To And again, I'm, I'm no guy on a white horse coming in with a sword and I'm a hero. No, I'm no different than anyone else. I just make my choices like anybody else of, what I think is important to me, what I want to do uh, with things I can do, the, the things that are within my wheelhouse. And it's in my wheelhouse to do more than take a paycheck, to be able to be a voice when there's no other voices out there, to be able to say, hey, this decision's wrong. Hey, this is to try to better the sport for the sport, for the fans, for the athletes. For the people who risk the most when they get that ring, where you leave that ring with less of yourself every time you you leave that ring, or at least there's a risk of leaving yourself or leaving the ring with less of yourself every time you you leave those ropes. So again, I somebody's what's that old saying? Somebody gotta do it. Somebody gotta and I'm again I'm not making myself any Thing special other than I can and I think it's important if you can to do it to bring attention to things that can make the sport better for the athletes for the fans again for the great sport and when I was watching Sosedo and Barbosa 
I was, it was one of those things that happens in this sport and it bothers you or it bothers me and it should bother everybody is where one guy's getting treated better than the other. They're both risking the same. They're both human beings. They're both fighters. They're both noble at what they do, which is to go in there and find out who's the better man. Go in there and find out who can carry a torch into those dark caves of ourselves and come out on the other side better for it. Yeah. And that should be respected. That should be honored to the extent that it should be honored. And I think that both should have a fair shake. And I'm watching this fight with Sosedo and Barbosa, and the people calling the fight, it's really like Barbosa, who was the undefeated fighter, I guess the house fighter, the, the guy that they figured would win, Maybe the guy they want to win. But whatever. I'm I'm just saying. You would have thought he was in the ring alone. Shadow boxing. You would have thought that the Sosedo wasn't there. Matter of fact, I sent out a tweet that Sosedo's nickname should be Claude Rains. <laughs> <laughs> Ken, tell everybody who Claude Rains was, just for the for the youngsters out there. Uh, for the youngsters out there that might might not go that far back. He's AKA the invisible man. There he is. He was the first invisible man on television. And <laughs> I mean, that, that, so Sato must have been invisible. That's the only explanation I can come up with other than the reality of, I know what they were doing. I know what they were doing. I was going to say, that's the pit. That's the picture they're painting. They don't want you to see the good work he's putting in and they don't want to, even if it's subconscious. Cause I don't think, I think those guys are good people on, on that called the fight for the most part. And I, I, I don't know if it's subconscious, but it's like they don't want you to see the good work that Salcedo's doing and it doesn't get highlighted. I don't know if it's conscious or subconscious, but it was obvious, obviously taking place. Yeah. Listen, I'm not calling anybody a criminal. I'm not calling anybody, you know, a bad person. They have to decipher that what they are. People have to decipher that, not me. Um, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying from a professional standpoint, you have to be non-biased. It came off. It came off. I'm not saying it was. Because to me, I always go by, even if someone says something a little bit bad, I go, what's the intent? Was the intent to be mean? Was the intent to be criminal? Was the intent to be false and misleading? If that wasn't the intent, even if it's something inappropriate, I, I, give, them, I, I give them a margin for excuse, if you will. I, I give them the better of, I, I give them a pass. I, 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 I do. But, so I don't know that. And I don't think it was anything other than them just doing what becomes automatic when you have one horse in the race that's your horse. That's, you know, the network's horse, the promoter's horse, whatever. And it maybe it just becomes automatic. But it's not fair to Saucedo. He fought a hell of a good fight. <laughs> he fought a heck of a good fight. I mean... For me, I tweeted that it was a little bit like Taylor, Meldrick Taylor and Julio Cesar Chavez, the great 
great Julio Cesar Chavez, um, you know, years ago, junior welterweight champ and lightweight champion. But years ago, when they were fighting on network, you know, I think it was HBO, and it was a great fight. And the, the sharper guy was Meldrick Taylor. The faster, the, the you know, he, he had the lead. But Chavez was the heavier-handed, and he was doing damage. And that was kind of Barbosa. And Sosaito was a little sharper. And I thought he was, boy, I thought he was carrying some rounds. And, you know, he, he's dictating the fighting spots. And kind of like the Meldrick Taylor fight with Chavez, which was an iconic fight it turned out to be, you know, Chavez warmed down. Barbazo was starting to wear him down and won the late rounds. But, like I said, Sosedo wasn't being given credit for what he was doing. And at the end of the day, it just it didn't ring fair. And, again, I'm not the sheriff. I'm not the police. But this sport doesn't have a sheriff. It doesn't have a police. So if I can... If I can fill that void that I think in my heart and my mind that something needs to be said, I'm going to say it, damn it, uh, to hope that it's going to make things a little better. Not that I know everything that's right. I don't claim to know that. But I know some. And at the end, the commentator said, it was funny, instead of saying Sosedo, uh you know, did anything or fought a good fight. He said he almost made an excuse for Barbazzo. I don't even know if it was almost. How do you take what I'm about to repeat? Uh, I think it's pretty much verbatim, uh, Ken, where at the end of the night, after not giving really any credit to Sosedo, he says, Barbazzo, Barbazzo, I think he just, Barboza, I'm sorry. I never was confused with Orson Welles, ever, ever. <laughs> but that's why one of the reasons I'm so happy to have you there, a college grad. <laughs> Thank you. At the end of the night, he says, Barboza, I think Barboza allows Sosedo to hit him just to show the audience that he had a good shin. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? You do that. You do that when you have street fights too, right? You let the guy get a few <laughs> licks in so it doesn't look too one-sided after you beat the crap out of him. Yeah, I let him punch me in the mouth a couple times, bloody me up a little just to make <laughs> him feel good about himself. Last time I checked, when you get into a fight, you want to win at all costs, period, and take I mean, as little damage I, I, as possible. I, I, like like De Niro said. Like De Niro said in, uh, in the movie uh, Goodfellas, I think it was. Where he said, you insult him a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Nah, 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 nah. You insult him a little bit. I mean, it sounds like a little bit of an excuse. I mean, is that where we, have we been brought to that place? On Sports is supposed to be an escape from all the crap. We shouldn't bring more crap to it. It's supposed to be an escape from that crap. Pure, a purity to it. Sport! 
We shouldn't be bringing in excuse where you have to have somebody. What are, what are we in a courtroom? We have def- we have lawyers. <laughs> we, we got lawyers making excuses for people saying, uh, nah, you know, the reason why I think he got hit that much is because he just wanted to get hit that much. You know, he wanted to show everyone that he had a good shin. I, I don't think so. And go, I didn't bring this to to be knocking someone. No. And for the people out there that are going to say, but you did, yeah. Because I also didn't want to see a fighter get knocked either. I didn't want to see a fighter get his credit taken away. Let him get his freaking due. Anyway, I said my piece. Um, bring us, baby. Bring us to the mountain. Bring us to, bring us to that, that <laughs> great place uh, that took place. Uh, on ESPN free TV Saturday night, bring us, bring us to the, to glory, bring us to the holy that's land. That's the one. That's the one everyone's waiting for. Loma Lopez. First of all, I just want to give a huge congratulations to um, Tiafimo Lopez. Awesome performance. I know a lot of people have different storylines here from Loma's inactivity in the first six rounds, but. I would say to that, there's there's a reason why someone's being inactive is when they're being active, they're getting countered or they're getting punched. And um, Lopez deserves a ton of credit. I thought it was the right decision that he won the fight, but obviously 119-109 from Julie Letterman, I don't know which fight she was watching. I don't know how you could make an argument that Loma didn't win 7 through 11. And again, all credit to Lopez. There's no doubt he won the fight in my view. Loma looked like a different person after the fight. His face was a mess. He looked rattled to me. And, I, you know, the fans know we're big Loma fans. But massive credit to Lopez. The judges probably should be arrested. Um, or at least Julie Letterman. Um, but with that said, everyone wants to know what you think. And uh, as do I. Well, the other judges, she should probably go away, you know, for a term. But the other judges should get at least weekends in the camp. <laughs> you know, I mean, give them weekends, really. Weekends at Rikers. Oh, uh, we'll never see them again if they, boy, that would, that would straighten them out, wouldn't it? That would, <laughs> they, they, <laughs> that would probably straighten them out from uh, being that frivolous or whatever you want to call it, reckless or not caring or whatever. I had a saying I started on ESPN many, many years ago when somebody said, what do you think it is, Ted, with these bad decisions? I said, well, can, it's not like multiple choice. It could only be one of two things. It's not that complex. It's either incompetence or corruption. What else could it be? And, and one of the things I used to say is when these people are that bad, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving human beings too much credit. But I say, you can't be that incompetent. <laughs> you can't be that blind. You can't be that much of a dodo bird. I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't come here to knock anybody, but I guess you have to sometimes. You know, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet, baby. And, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> wait, I, sometimes you have to. It's like they earn the right to get knocked. I didn't come on here to knock, say, well, when we, Saturday, I didn't say, Monday when we do the uh, podcast for this show, uh, I'm going to knock, I'm looking to knock. No, that wasn't my intent. I was praying that wouldn't happen. That wouldn't come into play. Praying. 
Just a good fight to talk about. But, you know, no. Again, uh, one round for Lomachenko. First of all, let's get this this thing blasted. I'm going to read you my scorecard. Let's start there. Beautiful way to start. Uh, first round, Lopez. Second round, I gave it to Lomachenko. Bang! That that's where we that's where we start to. You got to think of it now, because I thought he won that round, and that's where we and and that was it. That was it for a while. Then you could go, you know, you could go on a retreat and come back later, you know, go on a vatical, come back later, and then Loma's back in the fight again, but not not for a while. So that's that's a big differentiating moment for me and and obviously the the lot of the scorecards. But anyway, Lopez first round, Lomachenko second, and then you know just a landslide. Uh, Lopez in third, Lopez fourth, Lopez fifth, Lopez sixth. And then, again, this is a little different. Some people thought maybe he started, but you agreed with me. You thought he started to seventh. I thought Lomachenko started that comeback in the seventh. Seventh in all ten nine rounds, obviously. Seventh, Lomachenko. Eighth, Lomachenko. Ninth, Lomachenko. Tenth, Lomachenko. Eleventh. I don't think you could argue that one. Lomachenko. And then, here's the one. For me, it didn't. in the end, it didn't matter because the guys that count on the scorecards had it so far apart, it didn't matter. For me, this was the big round. After taking five straight rounds, Lomachenko, the number one pound for pound going into this contest in the world, or number two, wherever you had him, Crawford him for me, after he takes five straight rounds, here was the question I was asking and looking to have answered going into the 12th, Ken, from, you know, from my eyes, from my perspective, from where I look at things. Is This is the moment for Lopez. This is it. For him, after losing five straight rounds to his great fighter, being tested, will he now put his flag into that ground Will he now behave like a champion? That was the moment. Will he in that 12th round, the championship rounds, in that last round, will he come out and say, damn it, hell no! I stopped the tide. I stemmed the tide right now. Right now! And I show why I'm the man tonight. I show why I chose to be champion of the world. Right now. And I turn it around. I take control again after having lost control of the rhythm of the fight, after having the rhythm of the fight early on. And Lopez did that, and he wins the 12th round. And for me, on my scorecard, you know how to do math. That makes it 114-114 a draw. Now, if you want to throw out, you want to take away my second round, or you want to the take... only rounds. That's the only round I think that someone could make an argument versus what what you just said. Is the second round is a swing round? I think for a lot of people, and on social media, I saw all the pundits had that as a swing round. I saw some journalists, well respected journalists, giving it to Lopez, and an equal amount giving it to Loma. So let's just say, for argument's sake, you give it to Lopez. One fifteen, one fifteen, one thirteen. It becomes. Yep. Uh, for Lopez. I don't have a problem. I, I say either. it again for people with potatoes in their ears. I don't have a problem with that. 
I I think that the only guy who could have won a fight was Lopez very close. Agreed. Other than an argument for a draw. And so that's it. That's that's let's get that very clear. Hey guys, want to take a minute to give a shout out to one of our sponsors. Uh, full disclosure, I'm an investor in this company. I've used the product. I like it so much. I actually invested with them. Um, PowerDot, it promotes circulation to help muscles recover quickly between fights and workouts. Uh, relieves pain by stimulating nerves. It's an excellent rehab tool for injuries. So if you have a knee or an ankle or a shoulder injury and you want to work the muscles around the injured joint, this device basically stimulates the soft tissue around the injury, preventing you from having to put load on the injured joint. It's invaluable for recovery from injuries for sure, and it's an awesome recovery tool. Like I said, I've been using this thing for a long time. Lance Armstrong turned me on to it a couple of years ago. Um, one of the new features is the Smart Recovery. They integrate with Strava and Apple Health, tracks your workouts, and provides customized recovery programs based on your personal activities, pulling in all the data from Apple Health and Strava invaluable if, you, if you're into working out and you use those tools already you can probably appreciate how significant that is um, it guides you through each program the app is incredibly intuitive athletes love this thing it's used by some of the world's top athletes uh, I personally gave this to Dustin Poirier Regis Progre they love it I mean a lot of different athletes from a lot of different sports I know have used this product successfully uh, our suggestion from the fight with Teddy Alice is that you try the pro bundle you get the duo plus three extra sets of pads. It stimulates two areas at once. Spend less to help, which will lead to you spending less time recovering. Save $25 plus an additional 20% off with the promo code ATLAS, A-T-L-A-S. Additionally, they'll give you a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you don't see results and you don't like the product in the first 30 days, send it back. No questions asked. Full refund. Again, PowerDot's giving 20% off to all listeners of the uh, with the code ATLAS. Do your body a favor. Go to PowerDot.com slash ATLAS and experience personalized muscle recovery. Now, what I thought, what was the reason and the cause behind the analysis of what was going on, why it happened. First off, I picked Lomachenko to win this fight. I know some of you guys will get, Teddy, when are you going to tell us? Some of you little, I don't have any haters out there, do I? I'm going to make believe I don't. I'm going to make believe I don't. It's a good world. It's a good world. Good people out there. I don't have no haters. But I got a few people out there that, you know, they get a, they get a little whatever. And I understand, you know. Teddy, you know what? That reminds me of people's reaction after the fight that we're picking Lopez is how strong of a drug affirmation is. When they were affirmed that they picked Lopez, now all of a sudden, they're the guru. They're the, like, boxing experts. I told you guys. I knew it. Like, come on, man. Uh, like, it's a 50-50 You know what chance. I call like, it? No problem. Part-time work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Part-time work, baby. Try it full-time. <laughs> Try it full-time. Part-time work. Yeah. Part-time work. No problem. No problem. Boy, that Teddy, he always has to say something at the end. Uh, I'm just saying. Uh, it's fine. I mean, again, I'll use another movie, Jerry Maguire. I look up the part where, Robert, get it up. Look up the part. <laughs> you're going to like this, Ken. Look up the part where, where the Cubans Jr., you know, the football player, and, of course, the agent was Tom Cruise, uh, where he finally has his day. 
you know, kind of like Lopez. And he's got his day. He made that big catch. He pl played that game. And he's on He's on with Firestone, the commentator. He's on some TV show. And um, he's happy. And he says, and this is what I'm saying to the guys that, you know, not haters, but, you know, you know what I'm talking about that have to sometimes put their little forks into me, uh, whatever, into whoever's there. At least it's not a knife. It's just a fork. If it's a knife, it's a butter knife. So it's okay. It's okay. But this is for them. When, when DeCubas Jr. says, the football player that he's playing, Cuba, he says... Cuba, Cuba Gooding Cuba, Jr. Yeah, Cuba Jr. says... says yeah, thanks, Ken. I need you, baby. Uh, <laughs> you keep me on track. He says, he says, I love yous out there. I love to all my love. And that's what I'm saying. All my love to everybody. And, and, even, and even my brother. My brother out there who can be a little militant. <laughs> I love it. Even my brother who can be a little militant at times. I, I got nothing but love for you. I got nothing love for you. Same thing to you guys. Same thing. I know you're with me. I know you're with us. I, I do. I believe that. I want to believe that. So at, at the end of the day, you know, I picked the wrong guy. But I will just say that I said it would be a decision. And I also, and again, no excuse. I picked the wrong guy. I picked Loma. Loma is, is not Lopez, even though it starts with the first two letters. I get it. But I said, and this was never mentioned all night, that Lomachenko, for me, my eyes had told me he was getting a little old. And for me, he got a little old. I'm not making excuses for him. He still did some brilliant stuff, and he still behaved like a champion, just like Lopez. But I, I had seen that he was getting a little old, a little... I think the way I put it, Ken, was he was starting to, a shadow was starting to touch him. And that shadow showed a little bit more that night for me. And also, the other guy was so big. How could you watch that fight and not, and I didn't hear nobody really say it, but not say like, oh my God. <laughs> We've been talking about he's the bigger, younger guy, nine years younger, but wow, look how much bigger he looks and to it me was that, it, it was massive the size difference and i didn't want to bring it up and sound like we were making excuses no. because we like loma going into the fight but my god i mean it looked like a yeah. it, lopez looked like a giant in there and listen to his credit there's an old saying ken see in the old days there was a lot of catch weight fights where the smaller man would step up and fight the bigger man and it was always an argument who's better the the you know bigger man the smaller man well the good when the good little man fights the good big man well then the good big man usually can have a advantage the difference is and there's been a history where so many so many little men have beaten the good big men and where that comes in is when a little man is great where the where the little the little man is great or, or very good. And the big man is only good. Only yep. okay. To credit Lopez, the big man was better than good. And then he had the advantage. The big man showed he could box. The big man showed he had a hand speed. The big man showed he was more than just a puncher. 
And I want him to get all that credit. And I also said that it was, even though I was picking Loma, I said it's a dangerous fight. And it was a dangerous fight. And here's where the danger was throughout the first six rounds where you could give all six or if you're me, you give five of those six and it made the big difference in the scoring or whatever. Uh, you give them to Lopez because it wasn't that he hit him, but the it was so apparent that the speed and the power was there. Loma felt it. He knew it. He realized it. And that's what made him cautious. The layoff didn't help either. The 14, 13-month layoff, that didn't help him. Again, no excuses. But it didn't help Loma to get a better start. That's one thing I wanted to ask you about. If you're in the corner of Loma and clearly he's trying to get into the flow of the fight and he's obviously very cerebral, he's trying to get the range, figure out what Lopez is doing. After the third round, fourth round, are you telling are you telling him like, dude, you got to get busy. We can't afford to give away these rounds, which we could very well be doing. I got doing, the answer was for the you. Go ahead. I believe, I'm, I, I believe I'm on a button with this one. I know the father. He's a very cerebral guy. He's a... I think he's a great, great, great trainer, professor. He's done a hell of a job. And, and listen, the father of Lopez did a hell of a job too. And Joey Gomash, I mentioned in the fight plan, was going to help. And I think he did I was going to tell you that, Teddy. I want to come back to that at the end and talk about Joey Gomash because to me, that might have been the X factor. Well, I think it, I think it was. And I, I gave him credit ahead of time for that because I know Joey. Yes. I trained Joey for at yep. the end of his career. No, and I know I you did, but I want to make sure we give him all the credit. Yeah, I think he's a good, solid trainer with fundamentals. I think that he came up with a, he helped with a good fight plan. And part of I that agree. fight plan was to use the jab, which was so important. Not just to behave like the big puncher. Yeah, be the big puncher, but don't act like that's all you are. Use yep. the jab like a good boxer would to keep Loma, to keep him in place, to keep him stabilized to keep him under control, to give him something to worry about. If he just went in there looking for big bombs, it would have been a lot easier for Lomachenko. A lot easier. 100%. Definitely. So I think, and to control range. I think Joey was part of that. And the father's part of that. They all get credit from me. But what I think, the answer to your question, why didn't someone say, hey, get going now, third round, fourth round. I really, truly, they knew the risk. They being a father and a son, Lomachenko his father, and I believe that Lomachenko's father thought it was going according to plan. Now stay with me now, because the most important thing was yeah you want to win rounds. Don't get me wrong, and you want to win the fight, and you want to have an idea how to get to that final result. But to get to that final result, it starts with the reality of not getting caught. And not getting caught early by, by this big guy who can punch and who has fast hands. So I believe the plant was put into place by Lomachenko and his father that you're, it, we're going to give away rounds. It's okay. Because the ends are going to justify the, the, the... The ends will justify the means. Yeah, we'll just, the ends will justify the means. Where we're going to lose the battle, but we're going to win... The war. We're going to lose some battles, but we're going to win the war. I think that was their thinking. We understand the risk and the danger. We're going to deal with that first. That's going to be on the front end. 
Not the back end, the front end. Because we don't get to the back end if we don't respect that on the front end. We don't even get there. We get caught and it's over. So the, we're going to give away those rounds. And we're going to make sure we don't get caught. And we're going to be looking. We're going to be peeking. We're going to be, you know, analyzing. You know, we're going to be looking at the defense kind of like I, I used to say on ESPN all the time. You know, with a Lomachenko, I say he's the kind of guy that goes up like Peyton Manning goes up to the line and he checks out the defense. And then he calls audibles. You know, he's got good eyes. He sees the field. I know, hey, for those people who thought I was there broadcasting that night, saying that, I wasn't. But anyway, um, <laughs> so having said that, um, where was I? I, 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 I remiss. I, um, I regress. Digress. Um, so, yeah, I regress. So now we go. It's, it's great that I can. I can have my own grammar teacher as I give boxing lessons to people. I, 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 God bless you. Um, uh, where would I be without you? I wouldn't be as happy and, or as correct with my grammar. So now, here he is looking, making sure he don't get caught, really living up to the fight plan. I know a lot of fans are going to be saying, really, Ted? Uh, trust me. He was living up, losing rounds. They knew it. They're not stupid, but not getting caught and looking for weaknesses, looking for something they could exploit later. And one other thing, part of their plan, to tire him out. It didn't quite work, but to tire him out, to, to drag him into deep waters like the old saying goes and drown them later. That's what they were trying to do. It wasn't a miscalculation. Believe me, they were trying to do that. And did they go too long with it? I'm going to say this. Maybe, yeah, I guess, but it didn't matter. Because even when they started to now march up that hill and call the infantry and call the troops, now we're taking the hill. Now we're going. You know, now we're hitting the beach. When they started to do that, Ken, they didn't get credit for it anyway <laughs> to, yep. to the extent that they needed to. Because if they did, it would have been a draw or very yep. close to a draw, which it wasn't, which it wasn't. So, at the end of the day, it didn't really matter. But that was their plan, to tire them out, to look for weaknesses, not to get caught, you know, drag them into the late part of the fight, and, and, then, and then start to put it on them. And they did. They carried out the plan. Again, maybe they should have started a little earlier, but they carried out. That was a plan. It wasn't a miscalculation. I guarantee you. It wasn't. And... And then the thing that really made the difference was the boxing abilities of Lopez. He stayed, he controlled range. He used his size more than just with power. He used it with range, with the longer arms, with the jab, with controlling range. He created a scenario where, I talk about it all the time, where you had to earn... You had to buy real estate to get close to him. You had to buy real estate to get in. Loma being a shorter guy, smaller guy, had to buy real estate to get in. You had to, you had to make ground. You had to move forward. And you, you charge a price for that real estate. It's not money. It's not like $10 a square foot, $100 a foot. It's like 
three punches a foot. <laughs> a punch and in the Lope- mouth per foot. Well, yeah, it's expensive. And Lopez was doing that. And his team, his brain trust, where they were controlling range, using a jab, stabilizing Loma, not letting him really get his bearings, keeping him a little discombobulated, something coming at him, keep him thinking, you know, keep him off balance. And controlling range where if he does try to get in, you you got something for him. You got a quick punch with right hand, uh, a hook, or right uppercut, whatever. And even though they weren't landing clean, what kept him hesitant from taking that hill a little sooner for Loma was the threat. It It wasn't a power. Like I said, it's a dangerous fight. But the threat of the power was dangerous because it kept Lomachenko in check. It kept him hesitant. It kept him, it kept him defensive. It kept him on guard. And that threat of power was there because of all the things he did from a boxing standpoint, the jab, control and range, being able to, to time him on his way in, to snap off a quick uppercut when he tried to come in. The threat of that made it real, where Loma said, oh, shoot, no wonder my father told me to be real careful. It's there. It's really, it's true. There are, there are landmines, you know, like taking a beach at Normandy. There are a great army. Oh, my, we, our armed service people, again, I, I thank you, all of you, uh, that I could be doing this podcast because of you guys. And um, our fans could be listening because of you guys. And Ken could be correct to my grammar because of you guys. Um, <laughs> I don't mean of, to keep instead, sounding no, like no, I'm no, no, no. you. God bless you. Look, and and <laughs> instead instead of speaking in German, I'm speaking in as good of English <laughs> as I'm capable of. But at least it's English. At least it's English. So, uh, again, it was like taking those shores at Normandy. You got to look out for landmines. You got to look out for the bombs coming in. The the, the the shells that being dropped in, uh, the machine gun, uh, you know, coming out on the beach. And it reminded Lomachenko that those weapons were there, that those risks, those dangers were there. So that kept him in his place. And then finally he was forced, you know, to say, okay, we got to go up the hill now. Risk or no risk, we got to go up this damn hill. And he started to do it. And as I said, I thought he pulled it into a draw, but I have no problem with you know, with I, my problem was with the disparity uh, of of the scores, you know, and, and another thing that's going to be up there that the great Rob, my friend and partner and and uh, our friend and producer of the show that we appreciate. Sometimes he doesn't hear it enough. I try to make sure he does, but gonna have up there a picture that earlier in the night there was a fight that took place in London, Ken, that you're aware of. I, I sent out a text on it when I saw it. And um, I made a mistake at first. I, I set the wrong network. Um, I set the wrong network. And there it is. Look at that judge. This was I a just want to that- make sure that this guy gets his just due. That's Terry O'Connor from the British, uh, licensed by the British Boxing Commission or whatever they call their um, overseers there. But that's Terry O'Connor judging a fight, looking at his damn phone. 
How he could even want to judge another fight after being caught doing this? Have some respect, dude. Like, honestly, I try not to get too emotional about these things, but have some frigging, have some, like, integrity. Get out of there. If you're too busy to watch the damn fight that you're getting paid, you got a ringside seat, I guarantee you there's every single person listening to this show is saying to themselves, I'll do that job for free. I'll pay you to be a judge, and I'll watch every second of every fight. This guy's getting paid to judge a fight that's incredibly important to the two guys in the ring, and he can't be bothered. He's texting. I'd love to know, Teddy, what the hell is he texting? Tell me he's betting on the line, uh, betting on the fight live, like just to, for an extra kick in the balls. Yeah, he's betting live, and he's going to give the the judge to the house fight the 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 score to the house fighter overwhelmingly which many pundits disagreed with i will say i didn't watch the whole fight so i've only seen clips of it so i don't know i'm just telling you that the, the there's a lot of controversy around the decision but this guy this is so unacceptable. You should be ashamed of yourself, Terry O'Connor. You should step down and never judge another fight. If you're that busy, there's nothing going on. We're in a pandemic and you're going to text her in a fight and totally crap on these two guys in the ring like you can't be bothered. 36 minutes, you got to pay attention, you buffoon. Sorry. Pick it up, oh. Teddy. Well, you sound like me. <laughs> it's, cra- it's it's just unacceptable, it's off. man. If you get caught doing that, you have to say, "Hands up." I I agree with you. You got me. I I I effed up. I don't deserve this seat. Give it to someone well, you know who cares. You know where he messed up the most? I'll tell you where he messed up the most. He only wore the the mask at the bottom for the COVID. He should have had a whole <laughs> He should have had the whole thing. You know, like like a whole mask over his face, the head, the eyes, everything. Just like just like if you're robbing a bank or something. Should have because, turned his back to the ring. Don't even watch. Well, really. Cut the shit. Should've, we know you're well, not, no, I mean, you're not paying had attention. Full, at least if he had a full mask, like one of those monster masks, uh, or, you know, Halloween. Halloween's coming up. Maybe he could have he could have got away with it. Say, hey, look, I'm celebrating Halloween early. I'm coming in with a full mask. Then at least we wouldn't be able to recognize this son of a gun. Uh, at, at least he could have gotten away with that part of it. Where, it really you know, is a disgrace. Uh, where it's, the it's whole world would know who the freak this idiot is. Um, imagine an NBA or NFL ref doing that, Teddy. You said that oh, before we started. Can you imagine yeah. a mainstream sport referee texting in a, a, even during a timeout? Never, never mind during the game. This guy is texting in the middle of a round. Imagine, a, imagine an NBA ref uh, running up and down the court with a cell phone, peeking at the cell phone as he's running alongside LeBron James, <laughs> taking a or taking a phone call. I, 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 I mean, really that. Uh, 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 nobody else. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't even happen in another system. sport. The guy we would have be to like, jump on it. We have to say it. I, I listen. Um, really, it's it's absurd. It's beyond absurd. It's the reason why I call for a national commission. Um, it's Exhibit A. Well, at this point, it's Exhibit Z. Z, as in zebra. <laughs> because I've had so many exhibits through the years of why we should have a national commission, why I get so intense, why I get so upset, why I get so crazy, uh, because they they hurt the sport, they destroy the sport, they chase fans, and they hurt the fighters because because he had the wrong decision, everyone says. Even the promoter, even the promoter, to his credit, Eddie Hearn that night said that, I, I believe his fighter was involved, obviously, in the fight, and even he said that he gave it to the wrong guy, which was Eddie Hearn's guy, I believe, um, the promoter's guy. So the promoter's being really the way you would want him to be 
and hoped that everyone in boxing could somehow be that. He was being honest. He said, Mike, I didn't win it. This idiot, uh, you know, he should be thrown out of the sport. And he obviously gave it to a guy that, again, Eddie Hearn, who, who was getting the benefit of getting the decision to his guy, said it was wrong. So... The you know, guy should be forced, Teddy. That guy should be forced to tell us what was so important. Well, yeah, but that's why I want to know what he commission. was texting. But we don't have a national commission to bring him to to bring him to or justice. Or in this case, so an speak. international commission because well, this one yeah. was in the UK. But, but well, this guy, exactly. man, I want to know what he was texting. It should be the way in in boxing, you know, whether it's across the pond with. Our beautiful fans over there, you know, abroad, or it's here, that domestically. That it should be a commission that takes charge of such things, that lays down laws about everything and enforces those laws instead of these weak, ridiculous commissions sometimes from state to state that, that are omnipotent. They don't do crap. So, and they have relationships. That's the problem with the promoter. They have relationships with the managers. They, it's absurd. There's no separation of church and state uh, in boxing. None. None. And, and therefore, you know, you got the people that are making money, that are friendly with the people supposedly in charge of enforcing the rules. How does that work? How does that work? It can't work. Can't work. You need a national commission. You need a czar. You need policing. Uh, there should be a sheriff in town. There's no sheriff anywhere. Uh, it's still the wild, wild west. I can't believe I'm saying that. It's it's 2000 and and freaking 20, and and we're still we're still talking about you know things like the wild, wild west. It, it's absurd. It's terrible. It hurts the fighter because by getting the wrong decision, by getting a corrupt decision there, the fighter that gets the bad end of that because of the behavior of this judge. Again, I've said it before. He's got to go back in the line to get back to where he was. You know what that entails going to the back of the line? Ken, you know what it entails. I've said it many times. Thousands of punches to face again to get back to that place that you earned already. Because of not even in the job. fights. Just the because, extra camps and all the sparring involved. Everything. Everything. That's why I say thousands of punches. Because it's incurred during camp. It's incurred during the fights. You have to and go. Teddy, one, one quick thing, though, to, to put into perspective and give some context. It's easy for us, like, oh, people listening to it, and they just move on with their day, and nothing changes as per usual. But just take a second to put yourself in this position of the guy who lost the fight. Not only do you get a bullshit decision, but you got to look at pictures, and the storyline of the entire fight is that the judge didn't even have enough respect for you to watch the fight. He completely disregarded, and I know it sounds cliche, but... For argument's sake, I think you could easily argue that this guy, whether or not he physically filled out the scorecard before the fight or fudged his way through it, in his mind, he clearly already knew what the decision was going to be because he didn't even care to watch the fight. He didn't it's have disgraceful. To watch. The poor guy who gets the, the, the loss, put yourself in his shoes. Pretend it's your son, your brother, your best friend. All of a sudden, now it has a lot more implications. But to my final, 100%. But to my final point, at the end of the day, why I've been screaming about this kind of behavior and injustice in this sport uh, for, oh my God, for 25 years on ESPN. I was doing TV before ESPN and radio. So I don't know how many years that I've been railing for this, uh, against this. But at the end of the day, you're, you're hurting the athlete. You're hurting the, the nobleness 
and the risk. The nobleness that he goes in there to fight somebody in a fair domain, find out who's the better man, who can face their, who can face their shortcomings, their weaknesses, and find a way to be better. We all want to be better as human beings, I hope. And that's what fighters are basically saying. I'm going to go in that ring tonight and be better. I'm going to face my shortcomings, my weaknesses, my inhibitions, all these things that have haunted me, maybe people said about me when I was young, and maybe mistakes I made. I'm going to make it right. Tonight I'm going to make it right. I'm going to make the world right. I'm going to even the playing field. I have, I have it in my heart, my soul, my, my chest, my strength, my mind, to go in there and make things right, to correct the things that I have the power to correct tonight, to be the best I can be, and to be an example to people that you can make things right. You can. You can make them right when they've been wrong. You can be better when you've been less. And they go in there and they do that. It's noble. It's even courageous. And then you got some freaking idiot, whether it's a guy on a cell phone or whether it's a corrupt judge or an incompetent judge or a judge who likes the other guy or a judge who has a relationship with the promoter and, and have made it clear to, to the judge that the promoter wants his guy to win tonight. Uh, otherwise, you're not going to work again because the promoter has that kind of influence over who works as judges. Yeah, that's the reality of this. And then you go and you do that and you take everything everything that the fighter put on the line, you flush it down a toilet. Everything, all the risks that he put out there, everything that's noble that I just described that he wants to accomplish and that he worked so hard to, to do for the benefit of himself, his legacy, his family, and even us, that we can learn from it. And you take that all away because it's some freaking, some weak-minded, either incompetent or corrupt judge. It's, it's criminal. It's wrong. And it's been wrong for too long, for way too long. And that's why I always went crazy over it. Because that's the bottom line. That fighter suffers. That fighter has everything that he should have that was good taken away from him. And what does he do? He gets, he gets put back into a prison. A prison of, of what could have been. What should have been. What was supposed to be. Back into that kind of prison. With, it might as well have freaking cell blocks I might as well have bars in front of it and now he's got to go through all that work all that torture all that risk all that pain to get back to where he was that night and maybe never get back it's unforgivable and again I don't mean to make it funny but if you saw if I saw a picture of Letterman with a phone, at least I would have known why the judge, she only gave one round. I mean, really. I wonder if maybe her phone was where, where she hit it better. And I know that she didn't have a phone. I'm just making a point. I'm just pissed. 
I'm just pissed. To tie it back to the Loma fight, Teddy, I'd love to hear her honestly sit down. I think she owes it to the fans and the fighters, including Lomachenko. He didn't deserve to hear someone say that he won one round. I don't care. Lopez's father, Lopez himself, there's no freaking way that they think that they won 11 of those rounds. And it's just, I would love for her to have to explain how seven rounds, seven through 11, she only thinks that Loma won one fight. What, what, what did he not do enough of, or what did Lopez do to win all those rounds? Because that's, it's criminal. There's and no, if she was it, on a phone. Maybe. Or even this idiot that was on the phone. Uh, I got to get out of this with, with a little, a little bit of, uh, even though there's no place for humor, but a little bit of tongue in cheek, you know, because it gets you depressed. Really, because nobody does anything. But I wonder what kind of plan he had. I wonder if it was Verizon and if he got three <laughs> minutes. Uh, you know, I, 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 maybe, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe Letterman had a better plan. Maybe a plan where, you know, those phones are so complex now. You know, I, I finally got rid of my flip phone, I, I begrudgingly admit. But, um, Maybe you got a special phone where you don't have to have it in your hand. You just you you have it maybe underneath a pad or something or on the floor, and maybe it maybe it whispers in your ear and tells you, you know. We're you joking about it, Teddy. But all kidding aside, like what if it turns out O'Connor was on my bookie and betting the fight live, and as the as the as the live line is shifting towards the underdog he's just continuing to load up on the favorite I, I, well that's I'm why we serious. need a national like, commission because how do we when the know? nba the nba had a similar situation with the referee what was his name donnelly or uh yeah. rob will look it up and yep. that was some years ago right and the guy was betting on games the guy was yep. betting on games and what they do the nba knows that the sport cannot afford uh, to be underneath that kind of cloud of suspicion where the integrity of the sport is, is questioned with gambling. You know, so that's why Pete Rose is not in the Hall of Fame because he, uh, he risks the integrity of the sport of baseball. So they don't play around with that. Why should, but boxing does play around with it because there's nobody there to say it can't happen. There's nobody there. And there he is. See, Rob's right on it, as I knew he would be. There he is. Um, uh, Tim, what is it? Tim, uh, Tim Donahue. Donahue. And he was immediately, look, they investigated immediately like the FBI. Uh, they, they got to the bottom of it, and they, they removed that stain from the sport where fans could come back and trust the sport. There's nobody there to remove these stains. There's nobody there to do that. Uh, in boxing, Ken, unfortunately. And so here you are, the integrity of the sport. You brought up a very valid possible point that it could be about gambling. And and it's and it's not even, uh, it's, it's not going to be dealt with uh, properly because there's nobody to really properly deal with it because the sport is, does not have that infrastructure, does not have it in the sport. Where there is a national commission, there is a policing, there there is a structure to make sure these things don't happen, and things similar to this in any way don't happen. Things that have been happening, there'll be something controversial about a bad decision next week. Guarantee you. 
guarantee you. It, you won't have to wait. To your point about how long this has been going on, never mind just the pros. What about Roy Jones, the robbery he suffered in the Olympics? What about the um, in the London games with the Azerbaijan fighter beating the uh, getting the win against the Japanese guy after getting knocked down 15 times? This is like even, even And I got removed this- from ringside. I got removed by the Aiba. Believe me, I've been thrown out of better places. That's the truth. <laughs> I believe That's me. my point. Even I got removed by Aiba a- because I said it through a microphone similar to this on NBC. But that's yep. okay. And you imagine NBC was upset with you for pointing this out. Okay, Teddy, you can do the gold medal match, but you got to do it in a broom closet in another building. We can't have you ringside. They made believe they were behind me. They they made believe, they asked me, Teddy, you know, we were at the finals finally. We've been there three weeks. We did two weeks of broadcasting, me and the great Bob Popper, who also does golf station uh, stuff. He used to do HBO. He used to do ESPN with me. And um, he does the radio for the New York Giants football team. I mean, he really is great. And, you know, when we... When we exposed this on the air uh, and got removed from ringside by a, by Dr. Wu. As a reward for pointing it out, they let you uh, watch the watch the main event or the gold medals from a broom closet. Yeah, they, well, they asked us. They, they asked us. They said, they asked me. They said, Teddy, we stand behind you, whatever that means. And um, maybe that really literally means we stand behind you. I kind of like a guy to stand in front of me. Um, maybe that was the maybe that's where it went bad. <laughs> they stood behind <laughs> me. I didn't pick up on that. But anyway, um, maybe the word hiding is even better. So they said we stand behind you, Ted. Uh, we're gonna go. Uh, it's your choice. Either we, the last two weeks mean nothing, or you want to do the silver medal and the gold medal matches. That's all that left for the next two days. You and Bob, uh, you go into the studio. They call it the studio. You've. You described it a little better. It was a broom closet. Um, and we, you go in there and you do the fights from there instead of ringside, and you get the job complete. It's up to you. What do you want to do? All right, I want to deal. Why was make- the ringside seat removed? Who is NBC to say you can't be ringside for pointing out that it's corruption? I even said we couldn't be there. Dr. Wu, Who's, he was there. And, and by the He's way, been, for the by record, the way, they've he been removed. removed. Oh, yeah. And Aib has been removed by the IOC. They're yeah. not even allowed to participate in the Olympics anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think if Al Capone was around, he'd be allowed to either. So I think it was appropriate. Uh, it took a little long. It took a while. But it's crazy that they point when you pointed it out immediately. The 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 basically the the punishment was for you. Okay, Teddy, good good catch there. Now get out of the arena. We don't want you here. Aiba has mandated. Then when they get outed, oh geez, I guess Aiba was corrupt. So they kicked out of the entire Olympics. No well, what more happened? What them. happened was. <laughs> As long as we're on it, and we say it the right way. They brought me into a at the IBC. They they had a van bring me and Bob over there, and then we're talking with the heads. It was the new head of NBC at the time. Ebersaw had just stepped down. Ebersaw I liked, I trusted, but this guy I didn't know. So I'm, I'm sure he wasn't used to being talked this way. The head of NBC, but whatever. It's good to. You know, to learn that you you still live in a world where sometimes you do get called, whoever you are, whatever your title is, you, you still get called on things that other people get called on. They said, Teddy, what are you going to do? Will you do it? Or or we're just going to wrap it up and forget about what we did next week? I said, no, here's the deal. I'll do it, but I want I want an agreement from you. Okay, what's that? I want you to agree that if I do it 
and I'll shake your hand, I'll look you in the eye. I don't know if I can trust you. I could trust Ebersole. I have no idea if I could trust you, but I know how to find out. I know how to find out. Uh, I'll make a deal with you. I'll call the fights with Bob, finish this up. You guys put a lot of money into it. But I want you to investigate immediately, have the IOC investigate Aiva immediately and not do another Olympic boxing match until you fully investigate. Okay, he agreed. We shook hands. I kept my word. I went into the broom closet. You might be shocked, Ken. Are you sitting? Are you sitting? Are you sitting right now? <laughs> yes. You, you, okay. I Because I, I wasn't sure. I thought you might be doing your exercises. You're in great shape. You could, <laughs> you could have been doing your exercise. So what happens? They didn't keep their word. You believe that? <laughs> you're you're going to fall down. They didn't keep I'm their shocked. word. They didn't keep their word. They didn't have the IOC investigate. But years later, finally, they, we got rid of it. And uh, at the end of the day, they got rid of Aiba. But again, the fight, um, uh, that's, you know, the, uh, we didn't catch anybody on a phone in the Loma Lopez fight. But it's your guess why the, the really, it's your guess. Uh, I, I'll I'll call you Colombo if you could figure it out. I'll call you Sherlock Holmes. Uh, I'll call, call you Clouseau. Uh, I'll call you whatever you want to be called. Notre Dame. If you could just figure out something that we can't figure out here. We don't have the phone to explain why uh, the judges were so off in their decisions and their numbers and the, you know, in the, in the scores that, that was so far uh, in favor of Lopez. And again, we have no problem. Lopez won. No problem. But to have that disparity in scores, if you could figure it out, uh, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll talk to somebody I know on TV and get you to be on a Colombo. Does Colombo still do shows? No. But if you could investigate <laughs> and find out why the hell these judges and Letterman had scores that far apart, one round, one round. Teddy, can you can you imagine if Loma hypothetically in the twelfth round came out and continued the blitz that he was putting on in the eleventh and dropped Lopez, scored a knockdown, won a ten eight round, still and lost. Still, still lost. lost by Letterman's card, and still would have been like a you know he would have got two rounds plus the ten eight round. I mean, it still would have been a blowout on Letterman's scorecard. Then we would have had huge, huge problems. But we but still should. At, Definitely with the score, but not with Lopez winning. There's no, no, no. I don't think anyone says a problem. But man, they, she's she's very lucky that that didn't happen because it would have shown it would have shown a much brighter light. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is I thought it was interesting, given that given that Loma, um, it's widely been reported that he gave up a sizable amount of dough to make the make the match happen. And credit to both guys, credit to Lopez, twenty three years old, taking on who was cons widely considered the best fighter at any weight um, to come up. But and with Loma giving up the extra dough, not to have a rematch clause in there is quite shocking to me. As the champ and the unified belt holder, I would I would have been I was surprised that they didn't have a rematch clause. What are your thoughts on that? You only get a rematch for the most part when it's a when it's a mandatory defense, and both guys had titles, so it wasn't a mandatory defense. But here's something: since you brought that up, here's something that again, it's boxing, unfortunately, 
It's some. Uh, there's a lie out there. This was supposed to be, and it was for all four belts. First time in a lightweight history, I believe, that somebody fought for four belts and unified those belts. And so Lopez right now, and again, sometimes things ain't what you think they are. They can be an illusion. You know, boxing has a lot of illusions and a lot of illusionists. Yeah, a lot of illusionists and and promoters and and they get, you know, they go along with it with the networks, go along with it because it it works for them. But the illusion I'm talking about here, Ken, who right now is the only guy, and just answer straightforward, honest, like you always do, really. And this is going out to the fans. A little something for you to know that, un- unfortunately, you don't know. Maybe you'd be better off if you, if you didn't know. But I'm not here for that. I'm here to give you good news and give you all the news. So you're educated, you know the whole thing. And so the illusion or the thought right now is that Lopez is the unified only lightweight champ of the world right now. Correct or not? Yes or no? Yes. Yes, right? Yes. Okay, yes. Guess what? It's not true. It's not <laughs> true. No, it's not true. I because, think they emailed the title bell to Devin Haney. Well, it's yeah, well, it's not true. Because even though they promoted that to make it the event that it was, and even though they say that he's being Lopez is the unified, universal world champion for the lightweight division. Got all the belts. All the belts. Lie. Lie. There's a guy named Javante Davis. He's got a belt. There's a guy guy named... Yvonne Mendy, he's got a belt. <laughs> so with all this, oh my goodness, I hate to bring the bad news and be and rain on somebody's parade, but the truth is the truth. I'm sorry, the truth is has been. It's been something that I think it's important for all of us. I hope, but it's it's important to me as as a broadcaster to be able for all my years I've been doing this. To be able to have the respect and and just the validity, the the just the reputation means something that you can be trusted by the audience. What do you have if you don't have trust with the audience as a commentator? I don't think you have anything. In anything. In anything. So it's important. It's important to have that. And it's important for me to have that that's I don't want to make too much out of it, but as a parent. As a parent. That, that your kids can trust what you say, that, that someday when you got to tell them, hey, listen, this is what you, you have the right to say it. You earned the right to say it. It wasn't just saying when it was convenient to tell the truth. You, you said, and what has it done for me? Hopefully it's given me a career where the fans at least respect that. They might not believe in, uh, they might not like everything, but they, they know they can trust what I say. And that means everything to me. And, and it's been two sides to it. It's been a side where it's hurt me too. It's hurt me with jobs. We don't have to get into it, but it has. It's hurt me with different But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's important. It's important. It's something that you believe in. And you have to stick with it. And at this point in my life, I ain't freaking switching boats now. So uh, the truth is that the WBA, I'll go right down the list, Ken. 
and I know you got in front of you, you'll jump on as soon as I said it. But the WBA, Loma was the super champion. Okay? <laughs> All right. Super champion. <laughs> I, you can't make this crap up. But anyway, the world champion in the WBA, and still is today, by the way, is Javante Davis. I, I don't know. I mean, super duper boompa kakakuka hauka hoompa hapa. Got to make a song out of him. My grandson is three <laughs> years old. He makes songs out of everything. I'm gonna go yeah. and I'm gonna make a song with him. Like, I, I'm I'm serious. Super. Hey, buddy, Joseph is name. Buddy, super do and he'll get right in. He'll join me. <laughs> super boompa boompa papa boompa. Uh, uh, he might even say because he's a smart kid. He just says things instinctively. Poo poo b w b a poo 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 poopa. <laughs> uh, whatever. All right. So, so the world champion, so the super champion WBA was and is well, not anymore, but was was Loma. The world champion is Javante Davis, right? So he's still a champion, and he's fighting Leo Santa Cruz October thirty first, right? That's on pay per view, yep. by the way. I, I I don't see that doing good numbers. I'm sorry because the the Charlo <laughs> imagine the Charlo, Loma Loma Lopez uh, oh is God. free, but Javante uh, uh, Davis against the, Leo Santa Cruz. Well, they is needed a to be free to bring people back. ESPN was smart because they had been doing terrible on their on their numbers. Terrible, terrible. That's boxing very everywhere. Fair, but Javante across the board, Davis and Santa Cruz was, is no, not right. a pay per view. But uh, I agree. But across the board, boxing was getting killed. That's why the UFC. Uh, we were talking about it. Let's be honest. Killed. They were getting killed. They were putting crap on. They they did have a good fight last week with Zapata and Baracek, but. Um, they they were that was almost by accident. But they look. I was going to say that was just a lucky yeah, break. But they were getting killed. They had no. This fight was important for ESPN and for boxing, quite frankly, to bring attention back to the sport that was lost. Uh, it was yeah. like putting those searchlights up in the air, those giant, powerful spotlights in the air. Years ago, you used to see them when a carnival was coming to town. So everybody would look to see where it was, and you'd go to, and you'd find it was the carnival, and you would search it out, or a new restaurant opening up. The lights brought your attention to that place. Well, that's what that's what this was. Searchlights up in the sky to bring attention back to boxing, and it did. But uh, the Charlo brothers, you know what they got? They got sixty-eight thousand. I'll say it again: seventy-five dollars a pop. They got sixty-eight thousand views with PBC with those guys over there for that show. That they lost a lot of money, Ken. They lost a lot. <laughs> I'm glad. I know you're a good investor. I'm glad you didn't invest in that. I'm glad, really. I'm Yikes. glad you didn't. Yeah, really. But if those numbers are accurate, that is like a massive disappointment because I think well, like four hundred thousand is like kind of where people start to get to I know. pay attention. We educate our fans here. We, we 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 pull the curtain back. So Yvonne Mendy is the light. Listen to this. Now again, it was <laughs> it was supposed to be four four. This is it, right? One guy, as you said before, Lopez is supposed to be the only champion now on the on the planet for for lightweight. But there's a man named Ivan Mendy. He's not bad. Um, is the lightweight gold world champion? Gold, gold. Oh, okay. Not to All be right. confused with copper. Not to be confused with plutonium. What about the platinum champion? Is that is that well, I, ranked higher than gold? No. Well, that's you. Or because the pearl I just champion? Made, you're the platinum champion <laughs> because I just said you are. And um, well, that's how they get. That's how they're giving them out. Well, yeah. I, I mean, and then the IBF champ was uh, Teofimo Lopez. Okay, that's good. And the WBO uh, was uh, Loma was the champion. WBC. Uh, 
WBC was, uh, champ is Devin Haney. Yeah, Devin Devin Haney. Coloma is the franchise champ. Devin Haney is the legitimate WBC champ. Didn't beat anyone for that title. It so was, was emailed so, to him. So it was for four belts, right? But they yep. they left out three. So yep. what can I tell you? And, uh, and by uh, the way, the WBC said when when it was pointed out during in the in the buildup to this fight that actually you can't say that that title is on the line because Devin Haney has that belt and the WBC in explaining it said well Lomachenko petitioned us for the you know franchise, franchise belt and franchise. all I could think was like can you imagine Lomachenko sitting there being like hey Agus we better get our petition into the WBC so that we can be the franchise and they can give my regular belt to Devin Haney I'm sure that's exactly what he wanted to do well that, that's well, just put out what, what you just said Agus is the manager crap is that? Agus is the manager for Lomachenko and listen I, I want to propose another title I want may I may I have the floor Mr. Chairman may yes. I have the floor you own Chrysler building, you helped have some hand, your your ancestors had a hand. The in gentleman the from Staten Island is recognized. Th thank, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner, Congressman, <laughs> Senator, <laughs> whoever you are. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I want to go back. I think our pasts are very important to all of us. History is very important. We should learn from history and, and be improved from history, be proud of history. And sometimes when we're not proud of it, learn from it. But history all the time is important. And I want to, this sport has been around longer than any other sport, Mr. Commission, Mr. Senator, Mr. Congressman. I, it's been around longer than any other sport. So because of that, I think it is appropriate to go back to our childhoods and use a memory use something from our childhoods to present as another belt, as another champion, to evoke our memories of those days that was so important to us. So I propose here on this floor, in front of Congress, Senate, uh, boxing, everybody, and most importantly, Ken Ryder, I propose <laughs> that we go back and we create the Cracker Jack box champion. Because I think Cracker Jacks were very important to all of us. When we used to be able to open up that box of caramel popcorn and not only enjoy that, but know that inside the box there was a prize. There was a prize <laughs> that we all couldn't wait for. There were, and we couldn't wait to get to the bottom of the box so that we could enjoy that prize. We could think and imagine what that prize could be. Could it be a merit badge? Could it could it be a, <laughs> a, a sheriff's badge? Could it be could it be Dick Tracy watch? One of those Dick Tracy watches. What could it be? <laughs> and I propose that what it should be is another belt in our sport, <laughs> the Cracker Jack belt. Yep. What do you think, Mister Commissioner? They'd be just as relevant as some of the belts um, that are being awarded when you start calling them the gold belt, the, per the pearl belt, and all the other nonsense, and, the franchise and Ken, champion. And Ken, you know what you could do, the special part of this belt? Soon as you win it, you can eat it. <laughs> the thing with the belts is I love a title belt. There's nothing. It's like a Super Bowl ring to me. But when you water down your own 
franchise, you're, when the WBC starts awarding interim and gold champions, you're basically diluting your own product. I love the WBC belt, but knowing that there's like two or three for every weight class minimizes or lessens the impact of that real title belt. It, it just takes away from what the guy who won that belt gets to appreciate. Um, but... Yeah, and the WBC created a new 224-pound division recently. <laughs> Cruiser is now up to 190. Uh, Rob's putting some news, uh, breaking news on uh, Boxing News 24, but it's just like it's becoming comical, and it's like I said, it just takes away from having the real belt. Imagine if the NFL had the Super Bowl, and then they had the gold Super Bowl champ to the guy who lost the uh, NFC uh, championship game. That guy, they're going to give them a, uh, a different belt, a different ring. Um all of a sudden, no one cares about that ring. And that's how I feel about anything other than the, 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 the top belt in each division. And you know what the worst thing of all this is, in all seriousness now? The worst thing is we had a great fight. We had a really good Fantastic. fight. Fantastic. I know Cepeda and Baracek a couple of weeks ago, some people said was fight of the year. I, I proposed this one was fight of the year, Loman Lopez. I'll tell you why. Higher level. Of, of talent. Higher level, yeah, it was a chess match, um, but it was a dangerous, uh, pressure-filled chess match where you're on the edge of your seats, like watching one of those suspense movies, you know, one of those thrillers where you're on the edge of your seat. Any second, something could happen. Really, really. A body could drop, drop out of a closet or, you know, uh, whatever. But uh, you, that was the suspense in this fight. Uh because of their skill levels and because of the way that it unfolded in front of us. So I, I, I for me, it was fight of the year. Cepeda and Baracek was slugfest of the year, if you will, because it was like yeah. rock'em, sock'em robots, really. And I'm taking nothing that's away from No, him. that's a very good point. It wasn't as skillful, nearly as skillful. Yeah. And I salute them. I salute them for, yeah, I salute them for everything that they showed that night. Uh, their guts, their, their fortitude, their, their willingness to lay it on the line. But that... I, you had everything there for Lomachenko also and Lopez at a higher skill level. And it was good for boxing. And at the end of the day, what did we have to talk about? We we talked about the fight. We broke it down. And, and again, they both fighters performed like world champions, uh, behaved with honor. They, they, they really did. They displayed honor in their actions and their behavior. The judges dishonor. The judges dishonor. But at the end of the day, the worst thing about this with everything that we just talked about, Ken, is that we had to spend time talking about this, about boxing once again with a glorious night, an important night, a night they needed so badly, a night where a 23-year-old kid became champion of the world in all the, all the belts except for a few belts that they didn't tell you about. But for the most part, I mean, this guy, this guy, guy performed great great Lopez and and Lomachenko showed why he's been so great coming back like 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 a racehorse down the stretch you know with his heart beating in his chest and and trying to get to that finish line coming coming on strong you know and, and taking the risk taking the risk in traffic to go through all that traffic everything that was there and then at the end Lopez puts his head out in front again in the 12th round and shows that I not only know how to fight like a champion and how to behave like a champion. So all of that, and I say it again, I, it's marvelous, great. 
and then boxing still gets a black eye. No, really. Yeah. It still gets no, a black right. how, how does boxing manage? I'm going to quote because if people say things, I believe in quoting them. I actually believe in that. I believe that's part of your character, part of your responsibility. If somebody says something that's not an original thought of yours, you should quote them. You should credit them, reference them. So I'm going to credit the lady who's a friend too when I miss him. The late, great Bert Sugar. Uh, miss you, Bert. You brought, you brought something special to the sport when we needed it. A smile, a, 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 a great wit, um, humor, and history. Uh, your hat, your cigar, uh, your, everything about you will, is still missed. And like he used to say, you know, black boxing has given itself so many black eyes that it has no more eyes to blacken. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's the Cyclops. It's 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 made itself a Cyclops. That was Bird Sugar, the late great Bird Sugar, and it's true. I, if Bird's up there watching in his front row seat, you know, with a cigar in his mouth and that that hat on his head, he's he's saying and he's saying thanks, Ted, for. Thanks for quoting me, you know. Yeah. The, the, and 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 it was a perfect spot to quote me, Ted, because it's yeah. true. Once again, a great night. And what are those boxing figures out a way to freaking screw it up, and have you talk about something else too, when you don't want to talk about something else too, but you have to, if you're gonna give the whole story, you know, like yeah. that great uh, what was his name, Paul Harvey. I remember riding in a car with my father, and uh, he would have the stations on that were talk stations, you know, talking about different things, whether it was what's going on in the world, the politics, the just the community things, whatever, uh, common, you know, uh, events, common events of the world. And we'd listen to this great, great guy on the news. His name was Paul Harvey, Ken. You might be too young. And he used to always say, and now, for the rest of the news, Paul <laughs> Harvey, good day. <laughs> and and to me, it's I, I think about him. I hearken to him that, okay, we talked about the great fight, and now, for the rest of the news. Teddy yeah. Atlas, Ken Ryder, good day. <laughs> well... To put a bow on that, I want to say again, congratulations to Tiafimo Lopez, his dad, Joey Gamach. Incredible game plan. Great job by all. Congratulations to all the Brooklynites out there like Eric Hayes. They were on Lopez be before the fight on social media. They were behind their guy. Congratulations to all of them. They deserve the victory. Well done. Fantastic fight, especially the back half of that fight. <clears throat> Lived up to all the hype. <clears throat> Incredible performance. Um, not much more you can say. One quick thing before we before we move on to the UFC, Teddy. What do you think? I mean, th there's been a lot of talk about um, Lopez struggling to make the weight at 135. I mean, if um, Jose he's a Ramirez big guy. Gets he's a on. big big yes. guy. I I'd be if, shocked at 23 with this still filling out going on. Uh, at 23, if he could continue to make lightweight, I'd be shocked. But go ahead. 
at at 23 years old, squeezing himself down to one to 135. At 140, if Josh Taylor Ramirez get it on, and one of them emerges with all the belts, and you know whether they take another tune-up fight, a stay busy fight. But if if Lopez could ever move up and challenge the title holder of all the belts at 140. I could conceivably see him being, I don't know if anyone else has ever done this, but to have all the belts at lightweight and at junior welterweight and eventually move up to welter. But I think that there's like, the future is bright for Tiafimo Lopez. If he fights like that, it's hard to make an argument that he couldn't potentially take all the belts at 140, maybe even 147 in time. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, no, I mean, listen, he he's big. Can he move up? Yeah. Is he good? Yeah, he he showed that. Is he more than just a puncher? Yeah. He's, does he have the other skill sets? Yeah. Did he pass the test? Yeah. Could he? Maybe more importantly, because this is a business too, right? You know, they they don't risk themselves for nothing. They want to make something for themselves and their families, right? They get paid for it, just like football players do, going out on that football field, uh, taking a risk. From a business standpoint. He could, if he does all that, Ken, you know, and he's got Latino following that, oh, they're so loyal, they're so, I mean, all the fan bases are good, but they they are fans of boxing for a long time. Uh, they've shown it in history of this sport. And uh, if uh, if he does all those things, he could be something else besides, you know, pound for pound and, you know, how many belts he has he could some something else that means more in some ways or to his family you know and to the reason part of the reason why you do this he could become the new pay-per-view king and replace canelo where he could become that guy you know he could become the uh you know the guy that uh brings in the de niro the you know the the money and uh, yep. the, uh, on that level. Guys, once again, shout out to our sponsor, PowerDot. Uh, love this product. Uh, promote circulation to help muscles recover quickly between fights and workouts. Like I said, rehab from injury, relief from pain. It's really an incredible product. You've got to just go online, check them out at powerdot.com slash atlas to take advantage of the code but when you look at the site it will really walk you through a lot of the benefits of the product additionally i have it on now rob's gonna cut to my uh i use it on my calves after after uh long runs especially but you can see it here how it stimulates the muscle so it's actually working the muscle without putting load on the joints and um I can't say enough good things about it. It's it's comes with a convenient travel pack. I take it with me everywhere I go. Again, they're giving 20% off to all listeners with the code ATLAS. Do your body a favor and go to powerdot.com slash ATLAS and experience personalized muscle recovery because it integrates with Strava and Apple Health. So if you use these apps already, it's, it's a no-brainer in terms of your recovery. And as an additional bonus... We're going to give one in five cu- one in five customers that buy this product. We're going to refund your purchase price. So if you use the promo code Atlas, buy the Power Dot unit, send email us a receipt of your purchase at the fight at hithardmedia.com. Again, email us a copy of your receipt, the fight at hithardmedia.com, and we're going to refund. One in every five customers that purchase this. So you're not only going to get 20% off your purchase price, you're also going to get a 20% chance to get the product for free. Uh, Again, 
Go to PowerDot.com slash Atlas, A-T-L-A-S, 20% off and a 20% chance to get a free PowerDot unit. I think you'll like it. And if you don't, within 30 days, if you let us know, they'll refund your purchase price, no questions asked. Once again, PowerDot.com slash Atlas, A-T-L-A-S. Before I close up, there was a lot made. They showed a piece before the fight about the father and and again kudos to the father too and congratulations you believed in your son and you were proven to be right but there was a lot made that two years ago that Loma had disrespected I don't know if it was the father or the son um, yeah where the he father. didn't shake yeah he didn't shake his hand and you know and then the son took it as a personal affront because of, obviously he's he's gonna have the back of his father. And so he took that personal as an affront to him uh, that that he wouldn't shake his hand or he didn't shake his hand appropriately and kind of dismissive with him. And there's always a place in history with that kind of stuff. There is, Ken. And to our great fans, I want to just... It, 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 it opened up a memory to me where the great Carmen Basilio, he's not with us anymore, the late great and the late great greatest maybe, Sugar Ray Robinson. Basilio had talked about this, Ken, where, you know, a tough, tough guy, and where he was coming up, you know, he was he was at a pretty good place, but he didn't get to the top, and the top guy was, of course, the great, great Sugar Ray Robinson, just like the great Lomachenko, and he was at a place where he saw him, and he was with his wife, and he said to his wife, I'm going to run over there, and I'm going to introduce myself to uh, Ray Robinson. There's Sugar Ray Robinson over there. So he ran over, and he went to put his hand out, and introduce himself to Sugar Ray Robinson, maybe the greatest fighter of all time. And Robinson, to use, you know, back in those days, to use his his words, Robinson gave him the old shove-off. <laughs> you know, he, he he gave him the push-off. He, he, he kind of ignored him. And he was so upset, just like Loma, uh, Lopez's father and Lopez himself, he was so upset, he went back to his wife and he said, I'm going to kick that guy's ass someday. <laughs> those, those were his words. I'm, I usually don't use that language to go out of my way not to, but I thought that if I'm going to tell the story, it, it's not that bad that I can't use that word. But I'm going to kick that guy's butt someday. And yeah. um, and then he did. He, he got it. He, he did something very few people did. He beat the great Sugar Ray Robinson when he met him. He lost in the rematch. Everyone lost in the rematch to Sugar Ray Robinson yeah. because that's why he was Sugar Ray Robinson. He corrected something if you beat him the first time. But he uh, he he fulfilled his words, you know, his his promise of what he had said. And um, to finish, they showed a piece that was a little unsettling. They showed a piece... Eh, Listen, you get caught up. You, it happens. Uh, it happens. You, you get caught up in the emotion. But you know how that old saying, when you have a drink, sometimes the truth comes out, Ken? Yep, sometimes yep. you're emotional, the truth comes out. You know. And listen, we again, I joke sometimes. I say, we are the CAT scan of podcasts in boxing. Mm -hmm. We're going to show it. Well, we're going to show it all. You know. Even you know, even the cartilage, <laughs> the the fiber, the, the you know, uh, the the tendons, the veins, 
We're going to show it. If it's there, we're going to show it. Because we don't have an agenda. We're not saying, oh, I got to be friends with this guy, or I got to be enemies with this guy. No, no, no. I ain't trying to get on this or be friends. I, I just want to tell the people what's there to be told that they normally wouldn't maybe be able to, to hear, to give them more information. Information is power. It's important. Knowledge is power. It's important. And then you at least you know what you're supposed to know. And so... They did a piece where after he beat Comey, Lopez knocked out Comey. Great win. Explosive. Wow. Dynamic. He knocks him out. Aram, the promoter, you know, top rank, uh, goes in the ring. <laughs> you saw it, right? Uh, yes, of course. Sure, of course. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and he wasn't quite welcomed into that ring so nicely. You know, Lopez basically said, get the F out of here. Like, yeah. right to him. <laughs> get, get the F out of here. Get this effing guy off it, my stage get that it was fight. actually funny to hear aram almost groveling to him like what are you doing you're gonna f this whole fight up you know like uh, to get that out of here no no but yeah. the but but his people to the you know they were they were responsible i don't know if it was his father or his people in his corner or whoever it was maybe it was his manager dave mcwaters he's a good man he's a good guy he's a responsible guy I, I want to give him credit. I want to also give him credit for believing in this kid, and I want to congratulate him too. He is one of the good guys, I believe, in the sport, and there's not a million of them. So anyway, somebody grabbed a hold of Lopez at that moment. You could hear it, and yeah. and they had captions up if you didn't hear it. And they grabbed a hold of him, and he said, hey, hey, stop. This guy's got to promote us. <laughs> you know, this, this guy's got to promote us. You can't talk that way. Stop. And he and he was like, I don't care. Get him the F off my stage. So I'm just saying that there's a, I guess there's, we, we look at the punches as the only thing you got to deal with and the only thing that presents danger and pain and risk and takes away from you, you know, where, as I've said for years, Ken, a fighter goes in a ring, he leaves with less of himself or the risk of leaving with less of himself. Uh, other people, it's their own choice. They're not getting hit. But they leave with less of themselves too. Here's a guy who's been a great promoter, and yet he he allows himself to be talked to that way. He allows, I mean, for me, there's no money that's worth the loss of dignity. I agree. Self, self, there's no... You know those commercials you used to see in the baseball uh, fields where the guy's going up, the price of a hot dog, the price of this, the price of a ticket, and then at the end it says, and then to be with your kid at the game. Priceless. Yeah, American Express. Yeah, priceless. Well, that's that's how I look at this. The The price to have your dignity, priceless. I don't care how many millions of dollars, and I know Aram's got millions and millions of millions, and then he earned it. But I don't care how many millions you have. The the price of dignity, priceless. And yeah. and so what I'm saying is even he's lost something to to be that promoter, to be that guy, to do all that. And I know no one else is pointing out, and I don't and that's why I am pointing out that there's people losing and gaining all the time in life. And it's your choice what is worth it, what is truly priceless. And for me, 
you saw a glimpse of that that you normally don't see. And credit to ESPN for being that candid and being that, you know, to be that um, that honest about it and that transparent about it. Really, really. Um, to see that, yeah, with all the things that this promoter, Hall of Fame promoter has gained, he loses and has lost a piece of himself too. Whether or not he registers it the way I do and the way millions of people out there do and thousands and thousands of people, and thank you for being there that watch our show do, but he he loses something too with everything that he's gained. And it's just, to me, a lesson to people. What are you gaining? What are you losing? What is the price? Um, there's always a price for everything. Yeah. And that priceless commercial was actually MasterCard, not American Express. MasterCard. But you're right. There was a um, lot of plots and subplots in that fight. And um, unless you've got anything else, I want to transition and just no, talk No, no, that's it. I just, I, I, the last thing is what I, I think we broke it all down, all of it. And um, hopefully the people enjoy and appreciate what what we're trying to do. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. And but yeah. you know, Lopez went there to be a world champion. He was ready mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, technically. He was in great shape. Um, you know, he was he was he was a champion, and he became a champion. He went in there figuring he was going to be it, and knowing he, and doing what he had to do to be it. He showed hand speed, he showed power, he showed timing ability, countering ability, ability to control range, much more than just a puncher, much more than just a big banger. And then at the end, the best part was when he got tested after losing those rounds that I thought he lost going down the stretch. In the 12th round, what did he do? He pulled his boot, his boots up a little bit, the bootstraps up a little bit, and he said, damn it, damn it, I will go out there in this 12th round and I will be a champion. And he did. And um, even though he didn't need it, in his mind he needed it, uh, even though he didn't need it on the scorecards, and he behaved like a champion. And Lomachenko behaved like a guy that had been up to that point number one pound for pound in the world. He behaved like that, didn't disappoint. Neither guy disappointed. Uh, great night. The only people that disappointed were those judges. And it's that's it. Yep. Again, congratulations to Lopez, his team, and all the Brooklyn super fans out there. Brooklyn has all the belts now. Uh, let's transition now to UFC very quickly, and I want to just get your thoughts on the main event. Brian Ortega against the Korean Zombie. Brian Ortega, huge credit to him. Last time out against Max Holloway, he got tuned up. I mean, he just got outclassed in every way against Holloway, and prior to that fight, he looked like a world beater. I thought he was going to beat Max Holloway, but... Credit to him. He revamped his team, came back out against the Korean Zombie, who's also a grappler, Brian Ortega, black belt in jiu-jitsu under one of the Gracies. A real killer on the ground, and he just stood there and boxed the Korean Zombie's ears in. He really put on a master class in striking. So credit to Brian Ortega, but Teddy, I'd like to hear what you thought of the fight and his uh, striking. Uh, you know what? They put on consistently good shows. They really do. Competitive shows, shows where underdogs win. Uh, it was funny. When, when that fight ended, then UFC was smart. They put it early. They didn't try to mess around with going up against, you know, make, making you make a choice between that or Lomachenko and Lopez. So they put it on early. 
and it was funny when the underdog and he was the underdog when he lo- when he won i said to myself huh sometimes it could be an omen it could be uh, something in the air that maybe the underdog's going to win a big fight tonight in boxing too i i i was just thinking that and uh i should have called my bookie when i was thinking that to be <laughs> honest with you but underdogs win more in UFC than they do in boxing and that's one of the things that makes for great theater and you always have great theater in boxing when it's the right fight but you get a lot of that in the UFC and the zombie got treated like a zombie I mean to me I talk a lot of times about a fight being where you want to be the ocean Ken where you want to control things where you make your opponent the log well for me that's what and I tweeted this during the night that's what happened, where Ortega became the ocean, and he treated the zombie like a lock, where he pushed and he pulled, but he was in control. He pushed for purpose, and he pulled for purpose. And he switches stances, orthodox, southpaw. He was very smart. I always talk about the top guys. You can't be just tough. All the fighters are tough. All UFC fights, fighters are tough. It's a prerequisite to being in that business, but... You got to be smart too, and the top guys are smart, and a little smarter. And he was smarter. He was more versatile. He was more well-rounded. He'd be in Ortega that night. And I give him all the credit in the world, and I recognize it. Uh, and I want to always recognize those things uh, because it's a lot more than just going in there and throwing kicks and throwing punches. You got to throw those kicks at the right time. You throw it at the wrong time, the guy catches it, and uh, you know, uh, and and you or he. You know, he counters you, or if you throw the wrong kind of kick, like we saw a few weeks ago, that that image, that replay, that video that went viral in UFC. The guy caught the kick, and then what did the guy that uh, had thrown the kick do? He spins around with a back kick, and he knocks the guy cold. So you don't just throw kicks. You don't just throw punches. You got to throw intelligent kicks, right time kicks, right time punches. And Ortega did all of that. Ortega switched early to southpaw. He saw that it worked for him. Uh, he used his legs. He was more versatile than more dimensional, if you will, than the zombie. He kept him off balance on the outside. He understood the outside was his domain or it should be his domain. He moved, used his legs well, even though he got his leg kicked a little bit uh, and it was red. He still, he had the discipline to push that away. He, he used his legs. He moved. He used that jab beautifully, that, that southpaw jab, Ken. Uh, every time that the zombie tried to mount some kind of offense and get something going and get control of the fight again, or the rhythm of the fight, he didn't let him. He used that jab to disrupt that rhythm, to gain that rhythm and control himself uh, of him, on his side. Uh, once again, uh, he picked spots, the pot shot. He pushed forward. He pulled back to counter. Uh, he went in for. He went in to show the takedown move to grab his body, his legs, zombie's legs, to take him down. Even when he didn't take him down, he did it for the purpose of keeping him off balance, showing him different dimensions, not being predictable. It worked. It worked. It was a great fight plan. Uh, terrific. As I said, he, he controlled distance. Um, what else notes do I have here? Uh, there was one time... He won every round for me. In the fifth round, there was a spot where the zombie 
started looking with his aggression because that's all he could be at that point, looking to see if he could catch Ortega, who fought a flawless, almost flawless fight, make a mistake. And the one mistake he made, but he didn't pay for it, and he should correct this. Not that I know. I know about striking, so I'm, I'm, and not that your trainer don't tell you because I'm sure he did. The fighters don't listen sometimes. They forget. <laughs> but what you should do, Ortega, the only thing I saw you could do better, and you almost paid a price for it in the fifth round when the zombie was desperate and he was putting a lot of pressure on coming on. He had no choice. He was trying to win, trying to pull it out of the fire where you went straight back more than one step at a time. When you go back, you should go back for a purpose, to make the guy miss and counter. But then you should get off that off that track, so to speak, in case it, just like you don't want to be on a track of a train's coming at you. You want to get off that track, get to the side. He went straight back, Ortega, in the last round, two or three in a row. So the guy comes at you, he misses, and then you go back again, you don't counter, you go back again, and now he catches you, or he could catch you, because you're still on that track. You should not go back two or three steps in a row. One, and that's it. And then counter or get off the track. He went back, Ortega, in the last round, two or three steps in a row. And guess what? The, the zombie was right on it. He, he was following up with combinations after the first combination, hoping to catch him. And he almost did. To his credit, Ortega had his hands up, and he blocked it. But... He he came really close to pulling it out of the fire. That's the only thing I could see to be corrected. He fought a magnificent fight. I made a note to myself at the end of the night. Ortega, skill, intelligence, wrapped up with discipline all night long. And that's it. He, uh, he showed again uh, how guys can put themselves up front uh, and go from an underdog to to the winner and probably a favorite the next time he gets in there. By well, the next time smart. the next time after the fight, they said he's in line for the next title shot against um, Vol Volkanovski. Well, that's uh, one way. Adesanya's stable that's mate. So gonna be a, that's going to be a tough. Uh, that's going to be a good fight, a tough one. Definitely. Uh, uh, and, the way uh, I would look at that, Ken to break it down in my mind quick. Volkanowski strong. He's like a linebacker in football, like a fullback in football, long, strong, well-coached, um, low center of gravity, uh, strong son of a gun. Uh, you know, he's going to come forward, going to mix it up a little bit, but he's going to look to do power stuff. And I would say that to win that fight, Ortega's going to have to, in some ways, duplicate what he just did. Uh, keep Volkowski off balance, use his legs, you know, push and pull a little bit. Yeah, and um, we've got some good stuff coming up. So that that was a fun episode, Teddy. Thank you. Congratulations again to Lopez and his team. But coming up, just as a reminder, and we'll have a lot more content coming up because, I mean, just on uh, – so next week we've got a big one in the UFC. we got Gaethje and uh, Khabib in the main event. But then wow. the following week – yeah, that's going to be a good one. Wow. And also coming up, boxing on um, nothing big until uh, for two weeks, but on, on Halloween, on October 31st, we got the monster, Inouye. No, yeah, Inouye against Jason Maloney. Uh, same night, we've got Usyk against Derek Chisora. 
And we got Tank Davis and uh, Leo Santa Cruz, which unfortunately I don't think a lot of people are going to see with a pay-per-view event the same night as those other fights on, um, you know, premium but not pay-per-view channels. So lots of stuff to cover coming up. Um, like I said, we could probably do a preview show on most of those fights as standalone um, t uh, events. But I just want to say thanks, Teddy, for doing this. This was a fun episode. Great night for boxing on Saturday. Tons of good stuff coming up with the UFC and boxing. Almost every weekend we've got something to get excited about. So, And we'll be covering everything extensively. Appreciate all the support from everyone. You got anything to add, Teddy, before we sign off? Congratulations. I've said it already to Lopez and Lomachenko for... You know, of for course. their behavior, for their efforts, uh, for their heart, their skills, everything that they put on a put on exhibit for us, for all the fans. Uh, Lopez, twenty-three year old champion, the world is yours. Everything's in front of you now. Again, congratulations to your father, uh, to everybody, to Dave McWaters, to manager, uh, Joey Gamash, everybody, and again. To Lomachenko, I'm sure you're going to come back, whatever your decision is. Uh, thank you for everything that you give all of us every time you give get in that ring. Uh, you know, you your effort, uh, again, proved down the stretch of why uh, you were so respected as a great fighter. And, and again, Lopez, your effort and your skills and everything you did... Uh, gave you the right to now be the only lightweight champion in the world, even if uh, the organizations get it wrong. We get it right over here. For us, you are the lightweight champion of the world. All right. Well, guys, thank you. Thank you for being with us. Please, if you don't mind, take a minute, leave us a review, share the links. It's all greatly appreciated and um, looking forward to the uh, coming weeks and months in the combat sports arena. Thanks for being with us.